Yo, it's your boy Mo with another episode of Coffee and Movies. And today will be the first of many episodes where I will be doing it by myself, which is all good. We'd be fine. Um, I would like to say I apologize for the long delays of episodes and things like that. I just graduated and a lot of grad parties to go to and things like that. But we're about to get this back up and running, like I said again. And we're going to be in the lore on episode number four. And pretty much my show schedule right now. Today I'm doing my podcast today over Scarface. And next podcast will be over, of course, it has to be Avengers. And that's going to be really fun. It might be a little long podcast, but I'll try to cut it down as uh, short as possible. Um, Remember, you can donate to my show anytime. You know, help me get new things, things like that. So I can produce and bring out more episodes and all that fun jazz. And today... It's a very special day for me because I'm being I'm going to be reviewing a movie that is really dear to my heart. And this movie made me want to act. It 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 really planted the seeds of me wanting to act one day. And it is Scarface starring Al Pacino. Yes, this is a very, very classic movie. Um it's really good. It's a it's a great. I I don't even, I think it will be called a cult classic. You know, this movie was made off the success of Al Pacino and the Godfather uh, trilogy and things like that. So we're gonna start, you know, getting this rolling because I want to make this short and sweet. But pretty much, this movie is about Al Pacino playing Tony Montana, and Tony Montana is a um he is a Cuban refugee from Cuba, and he comes to the states in Miami. And so pretty much he starts off kind of like a regular average Joe, but he realized that's not the life for him. He wants to make the big bucks. In order to make the big bucks, he has to do the crimes. So, of course, this will be mullet style. So I'm going to give you a basic review right now. And then and then pretty much I'll go into spoilers. But this movie has a huge message to it. But I'll get to that a little bit later. This movie is very is very entertaining. This is a movie where not a lot has to happen action-wise in order to push the movie along. The dialogue in this movie is so complex and so well-made to the point where you can just sit down and listen to Al Pacino go. This is what really made me want to be an actor, watching Al Pacino doing what he does best, and that's just talking. Al Pacino is one of the best talkers and speakers I've ever seen as an actor ever for me. Al Pacino just has this sort of um, this aura about him where he's just like he can say anything and it'll work. Um, pretty much, this this story is really it's a it's a crime story about you know drugs and it goes deeper than that and it talks about you know family and relationships and what are you willing to uh, do in order to get to the top. Tony takes a lot of chances and he takes a lot of. Um, dangerous moves in order to get to the top which i'll review in the uh in the spoiler review but this movie is really really good for a movie that was made in the, in the 80s or the 70s I, I keep forgetting sometimes i have to look into that this movie looks really really good just like the godfather for it to be made so long ago the cinematography for both movies are are fantastic and this movie is no exception it does have that old school feel to it that filming style to it but it definitely has 
you know, great picture, great cinematography, like awesome shots. You know, it's just really, really good. The script is something to behold. Of course, this movie has 10,000 quotes you can you can recite back. You know, of course, you have say hello to my little friend and and um, and uh, all I have in this world and the world is yours. You know, like this movie is really, really good. Uh, that's one of the pros. Another piece of pro, this cast is awesome. This cast has a well-made cast. Whoever the casting director was did an awesome job getting everyone together because this cast is perfectly assembled. From the guy who plays Manny to Frank to Sosa, you know, this this is a really great cast put together. And I think the casting director did an awesome job at it. Um... Again, the script is just is it's amazing because this was made before Pulp Fiction and Pulp Fiction Pulp Fiction is one of those movies where you can just watch the movie for Samuel Jackson and and um shoot um <laughs> um dang well pretty much Samuel Jackson because he has all the quotes but um Quentin Tarantino does a great job with Pulp Fiction making a dialogue heavy type movie and this is a very dialogue heavy type movie yes there's action in it yes there's a lot of gunfights and and conflict but for Scarface you watch it for how the story's moving along by how Al Pacino as as Tony Montana is living his life and how his uh his life is progressing and going on and it really does not have to involve you know, too much gunfights and action like that. Those are those are some of the pros, but a con. Me watching this movie, it's very long for me. In in for me, it's it's not too long for me because I love this movie. I enjoy it. And anybody that has not seen this movie, I suggest you watch it ASAP after listening to this podcast. Before you even listen to the spoilers, I suggest that you watch this movie front and back. From title page to end credits, this is a movie you need to watch all the way. For some people, it might be a little bit too long. Just like The Godfather, The Godfather's dang near three hours long. People can't sit through the movie like that. But this is a movie where it takes a while. It's a it's a little long movie. You know, it's one of those movies where if you take a nap 25 in, minutes into the movie, the movie will still be playing by the time you wake up. Like, it's that type of movie. It's a little long, but for me you know, it's, it's perfect for me, but, um, the story arc in this movie is, is really good, because you see him, you see Tony Montana as Al Pacino, well, Al Pacino as Tony Montana, excuse me, um, he goes from just this Cuban refugee to, like, the biggest drug lord in Miami, and it's so cool to watch, like, you just see him become more and more psychotic and sadistic and more crazy, the more and more power he gets and you know this is the life he wants and this is the life he wanted was to make money and to help his family for his family who his sister Gina and his mom you know they're they're Cubans as well but they've been living in the states but they're very very poor and for him to come back with money and things like that his mom don't welcome him but his sister's all for it you know this is just It becomes more than just helping people, but more of himself and becoming a bigger, bigger crime lord. But the thing I love about 
uh, Al Pacino playing Tony Montana is that he has character traits, you know. The thing about Tony Montana, and I don't know why I keep saying his name in his accent, but he has like, he has morals, even though, yeah, he'll blow your head off for the job, but he has morals. Like he don't kill kids. He don't, he don't sell to just anybody. He, he tried to make as much money as possible, but you see some of that stuff going out the window. The more, the longer this movie goes, he has a love interest. He has a love for kids. You know, he, he really, he really, uh, showcased that. And that's what we really got to give an applause to the script and also a great applause to Al Pacino for really highlighting those things about this character, especially in a time now where a lot of characters don't have great story arcs. This movie hits that right on the nose. And I feel like it's really, really good. Okay. Uh, another thing for acting, of course, Al Pacino gave one of the greatest, in my opinion, actor performances ever. Um, for for the rest of the cast they did their part and they did it very very well this is this is a perfect example of we might not be the lead but we're also still part of this cast so we're going to do what we have to do from from al pacino all the way down to the um to the cuban refugees you know everybody did a great job you know just doing their roles doing their parts and having fun with it you can tell that the cast while shooting this movie was having a lot of fun doing this movie and it definitely shows while watching this movie all right so i definitely want to um definitely you know wrap up this regular review because i like i said i'm trying to make this i'm trying to make this podcast a little bit shorter because the last you know my us movie review was a little long but it's all good i'm gonna try to keep this like very very short but this movie uh and all kind of like wrapping initial thoughts and reviews this movie has a has a perfect example of uh, perfect pacing, story arc, acting. You know, um, it starts off really small and then it gets really big. And I think the huge message of this movie, when you watch this movie, is um, pretty much no matter how many bad things you do to get to the top, eventually it's all gonna end go downhill from a certain point and i'll speak more on this on the spoiler review but you just see tony montana um just get so big but the longer and longer this movie goes the more and more you see it going downhill for him and the ending is so good and i feel like it's it's very um it, it the ending is what you make of it you can either hate Tony Montana throughout this whole movie or you can feel for him. For me, I felt for Tony Montana, even though he did a lot of bad things. Like I say, he still had morals and character development. So it made you feel for him. But um, I'm about to give this movie a one out of five stars. Uh, not a not a one. I'm uh, either um, I'm about to give this um, this movie overall stars. Of course, I grade these movies one through five. And I've watched this movie over 30 times nothing has changed about this movie uh i believe that this is one of the best movies ever made i feel like it had one of the greatest active performances ever made so i'll be giving this movie scarface 4.95 stars which is almost perfect i feel like the cinematography is great like I said, I think Al Pacino did one of the greatest active performances ever made. The story arc is very good. 
It has great scenes. The dialogue is is amazing. And that's what we just got to give them a huge applause for because that is not easy to do. But this movie is 4.95 stars out of 5, which is almost perfect. I think this movie is absolutely wonderful. Now, of course, my podcast is like a mullet style review. So I just gave you all an initial thoughts and a review for you to kind of just go off of if you don't want to hear the spoilers. Now, I suggest that if you have not seen Scarface, I suggest that you watch this movie before I get into these spoilers. I suggest that you watch watch this movie from beginning to end all the way before you listen to these spoilers because I feel like this movie needs to be watched. There's there's a difference between listening to my thoughts and listening to the spoilers and watching it. I remember being a little kid, probably like 12 years old. I know I was an adolescent, not a kid, but watching it at 12 years old, not really completely understanding what was going on and now having a new appreciation for it. Now at 18 years old, watching this movie, it's like, it's it blows me away more and more times I watch it. It, I, it does not get old. You understand, I understand it a lot more. It's really, really good film. And as somebody that wants to be in the film industry one day and direct films and act in them, this, this movie really, you know, gave me that that signal like yes I want to do that I want to be like Al Pacino in this movie I want to direct this movie like like the director Scarface you know I this movie you have to have a real big appreciation for this movie because it really set a trend because from shots to quotes and things like that this movie has set a lot of trends and uh, and a lot of uh, appreciations around the the business itself so I believe you should watch this movie before you hear the spoilers. But you've been warned. I am about to move into a spoiler review right after the sponsor. And so um, right after the sponsor, it'll be my spoiler review. So just get ready. Yo, and we're back, back to coffee and movies uh, on the review of Scarface. Now we're in the spoiler review. You have been warned before. Uh, I warned you a lot on the last um, on the review section of the podcast about spoilers. I believe you should watch this movie before you even hear anything I say about this movie because I'm going to talk a lot about the spoilers and things like that. Um, so pretty much, let's get right into it. Okay. Like I was saying, Al Pacino's character, Tony Montana, and his friend Manny are from Cuba. And they're Cuban refugees, and they get to the States. They land in Miami. And now, right when they get to Miami, they, they're uh, they citizens now of America. Uh, they were somehow able to like kind of cheat the system with the, um, with the uh, immigration and things like that. So, but... Tony, when he when he finally has a job, they work in a food um what's that a food truck uh, on the Miami Strip, right next to a club, and so um, for Tony, it's not really everything he wanted wanted it to be like being in the states. He didn't want to work in no food truck. He wants to make big money. He doesn't want to make small money. That's something I like about the character itself. It tells you right away he wasn't 
immediately happy with the situation he was in. Yes, he was able to get from, into the States from Cuba, but he wanted to do more than just working a food truck. You know, that's that just shows more of his character traits. You know, he's happy to be in the States, but he's not humble about having a job he has. He wants more than that. And so pretty much he meets um, he meets a drug um, a drug dealer. And this drug dealer happens to work for uh, work for Frank, who is like the biggest drug lord in Miami at the time. So, Tony, excuse me, I'm sorry. This this is a perk about being by myself, and uh, we still gonna keep the ball rolling though. Um, Tony wants to do a job for Frank. Frank allows it, but he has not met Frank yet. So he goes on this weird job where he has to get two keys of cocaine, and um. It goes bad. It goes a little bad because one of his uh one of his friends die in the process. Manny's okay, but one of his friends die. But this is where I believe Scarface Tony Montana was born because this scene is so good. He um they're in a tub, chained up, and this guy that um they're trying to get the two keys from is about to kill him. But he kills his friend. Tony Montana just watched his friend get chainsawed to death which is pretty gruesome and um and Tony's kind of like has this straight face like he's fearless like he's scared but he's not showing it and he's about to die until Manny shows up and and just murks everybody in there Manny gets shot in the arm the main uh drug dealer got uh try to get away Tony follows him and this scene is so good Tony walks out in the middle of the street with this guy and shoots him right in the head and I mean, he he gets Manny and the other guy the two keys, and they drive off and get the keys to uh, Frank. This scene was so good because I feel like that's where the Tony Montana uh, character was really made. He's like, it was really, it was a really good scene. It was so good. And then um, he gets the keys to Frank. Now his uh, relationship with Frank is starting to build up because he made these uh, drops in uh, jobs for Frank, who is the biggest drug lord in Miami. So. You know, he's slowly working to become his right-hand man. And so, um, but there's an issue. Frank's wife, who's played by the great Michelle Pfeiffer. I can never say her name right. <laughs> Michelle, Pfe- Michelle Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer? Catwoman, all right? Catwoman. <laughs> Michelle, I'm just going to call her Michelle. Um, Frank... Uh, I mean, not Frank, but um, Tony Montana falls in, uh, pretty much has feelings for her. But this is Frank's wife. So slowly he's trying to, you know, you know, build up his ranks in Frank's, you know, drug operations. But he's also trying to get um, Frank's wife play my play by Michelle. P- M- M- I'm done. All right. P- uh, podcast over. <laughs> no, but um. He's, he's slowly doing more jobs. Now, this is where the story takes a huge turn because you just think that the story would move on from him just being a small little drug lord. No. So, Frank sends Tony Montana and one of his uh, other accomplices to, um, to Cuba to talk to a man named Sosa. Sosa is... A huge drug lord. He has a mansion and everything. He's one of those people that the FBI wants to get their hands on, but they don't just never have enough evidence to get on. So Sosa is huge. So Frank wants to change up the deals between uh, 
Sosa and Frank because Sosa is only giving Frank like a little bit of kilos for a lot, you know, because, you know, that's a lot of flying from Miami to Cuba. And so he wants more out the deal, more keys equals more money, more revenue and things like that. Well, the well, Frank's accomplice happens to be a freaking police officer. He was a cop. So Sosa knew the whole time has him killed. And now Tony Montana is Frank's right hand man now making decisions. Frank is not happy with it because Tony made a decision to up the keys and more revenue without Frank's decision. Now, this is where the relationship begins to turn. And in this uh, is a scene where Frank and uh, Tony is talking and Frank tells Tony about a pig that don't fly straight. And you'll hear a lot about that in the movie itself. But Frank tells Tony, you know, if you keep doing this, you become that pig that don't fly straight. And you can see Tony's like becoming more and more like arrogant and more and more hard headed. You know, you can see he's starting to take, you know, that route where he's about to kind of like do his own thing. Now, of course, as the story progresses, Tony's making more moves on Michelle and she's actually very, very interested as Frank is not taking care of her. Now, it, it comes to a point in the club um, there's a club that Frank and Tony like to go to that Tony hangs out at. This is a weird, I, I think I brushed over something. Tony, of course, has his mother and his sister, Gina, and uh, in America. He tries to give them money. Tony's sister is all for it, but uh, his mother's not. She's very, very, um, what's that word I'm looking for? She's very against him doing the things he's doing for the money so she don't want to take the money but gina tony's sister is all for she wants a better life she don't want to be poor anymore and things like that tony's tony and gina's relationship as brother and sister is a little weird it's a little weird i wouldn't say i wouldn't go as far as incest weird but it's very very weird as the story moves on you'll see so one night in the club, uh, Tony's there and an FBI agent comes up to him and makes him a deal because he works with Frank. And so the FBI agent tells Tony that if he wants to keep moving these uh, keys of cocaine and things like that and these products, it'll have to go through the FBI or that uh, if Tony has somebody that you know, it's not cooperating with the deals and things like that. The FBI goes in, but they take half the revenue. And so this guy is very arrogant. You don't, you won't like him. He's very arrogant. He's a butthole. You know, he's, he's just cocky off the start. And, you know, he, he tells Tony, if you don't give us, pay us this amount of money each month, you know, we're going to, we're going to take you down. And so Tony pretty much has to cooperate. So Tony sees his sister, his little sister dancing on the dance floor with this weird dude. Uh, of course, they're giving a little bit too much going on there. Tony doesn't like it. He doesn't like when he sees his sister with any guy. That's what I'm talking about. The relationship is so weird and it's so it's a little creepy. I wouldn't go as far as incest weird, but it's weird. And so Frank, uh, Frank comes by the club and Tony did not know, but of course, Tony, as cocky as he is, he hits on Michelle while, while Frank's there and Frank catches them. 
and Tony's being very reluctant. He's being hard-headed once again, and Frank is kind of looking like he's a little fed up with it. And so Tony's um, Tony has a sees that his sister and this guy went into the bathroom. He catches him, and Tony gets very, very uh, verbally and physically abusive with his uh, little sister as uh, Tony's best friend Manny looks on. And I'm sorry, but t- Manny's like Tony's like right hand man, and so. The looking on, he's he's talking bad about his sister, and his sister's kind of saying, "Hey, I'm a grown woman. I'm not a little kid no more." Tony slaps her, things like that, and Manny takes her home. And so Tony, you know, kind of upset with himself, he kind of sit, he sits in the club in this in his own little booth for a second. But the twist is, these two guys were paid to put a hit on him. So these guys try to kill Tony, but they only skim his arm. He kills these two guys in the club. But along, Tony realizes that it was Frank who did it. So Frank put a hit on Tony because he was kind of getting tired of Tony being hard-headed and things like that. He's becoming that, that pig that does not fly straight. And so as that's going on, you know... Gina is telling her feelings for Manny, who is Tony's best friend, things like that. It's, it's starting to get a little uh, a little weird now. And so this, this scene that comes up is my favorite scene of the whole movie. So Tony comes into, um, into Frank's auto shop because he owns a Mercedes auto body shop. And... Um, he comes into the little office and things like that. Frank's in there. The FBI agent is in there. Their security, uh, the security, um, what's his name? Darn. I need to stop doing this. I need to have my computer out here. Um, darn. Okay. Well, Frank security is in there and, uh, it's just one guy. And then Tony comes in with Manny and another guy. And Tony, uh, Tony told this guy to call Frank's number at three o'clock in the morning on the money. And so as as Frank picks up the phone, he acts like it's Michelle, but it's not because the guy called right on the money. So Frank lied. And pretty much that's where it all kind of, you know, escalates and things like that, because Tony knows Frank did it. He just wants Frank to admit it. So Frank eventually admits that he was the one that put the hit on Tony. Tony cocks his gun and Frank is begging for his life. He offers Tony $10 million. He off- he even offers his wife, uh, Michelle, to uh, to Tony. Tony doesn't want none of that. He, uh, he promises not to kill Frank, but eventually he told Manny to kill Frank. Bang, Frank is dead now. The FBI agent think he's in the clear. But Tony ends up shooting the FBI agent, and then um, he he um, he convicted that the uh, that the guy wasn't even an FBI agent at all. So that that's a little theory right there. Was he was he a cop or not? Uh, so he kills the FBI agent. He kills the cop, uh, and then for the security guard, that Frank security guard, he gives the security guard a job. Now this is where. Tony is no longer just Tony. He's Tony Montana now because now he's the biggest drug lord in Miami. He has a lot of power. He he has a lot of money. He has a big house now. And this comes into a huge montage, which is really good. It's one of those nice little... Uh, it, 
it's one of those good shots. First shot that was made where the camera is just sitting there and Tony and uh, the character walks right into the um, right into the camera. You'll see it when uh, when the montage plays. Um, they get uh, they, you can just see them because they uh, whenever they make a lot of money, they take it to this bank for this guy to scratch all the info and things like that. And so um, you can just see them getting out this truck with six bags full of money millions of dollars and they just doing it over and over again you see that tony and michelle eventually got married uh tony has a freaking tiger now that's why i feel like tony and the tiger from fossey flakes came from because tony has a tiger um and then the montage ends but the big thing is is that tony's now becoming more and more paranoid because of course he's the big guy on the block now he's the biggest he's the biggest drug dealer in the state and so you know he's becoming more and more paranoid it's everything he wants but he's starting to lose more and more people around him his marriage with michelle is not that you know solid you know she still does drugs and things like that uh him and manny manny he does not know between the relationship between manny and his little sister gina so you know that's gonna be a problem later on um but as the story moves on if i can remember um let's just kind of fast forward throughout the movie because the rest right now is just kind of like you know just you know blah right now and just dialogue but the next big part of um of this movie is that sosa invites uh tony to his uh mansion and this is uh this is after tony's big and stuff like that now and um Sosa shows this man on TV giving an interview about the information they have on the little uh, drug circle they have. Because it's not just Sosa making a lot of money like that. It's other uh, it's other guys in this operation with them. And so this uh, this um, this recording of this interview has not been uh, live yet. So it's a tape and it was going to air it um, in a week. And so what they needed Tony to do was go up to New York City with um, with uh, Sosa's right-hand man to New York City, blow up his car, and kill him before that tape was aired. And so Tony agrees to it. They go to New York City with his right-hand man, and they do a stakeout. They find the man in the car. And so they realize that they know that there's a bomb at the bottom of uh, the man's car. And so they uh, they trail him for a while. What Tony did not know was that this man has kids and a wife. So when when the man pulls up to another hotel, picks up his kids and his wife, Sosa's right hand man was still willing to blow up the car with the kids, the wife and the man in it just to get the job done. And this showed another character trait of Tony that he does not kill kids. He does not kill kids at all. So. Even though they're trailing him and they're there, he's uh, Sosa's right hand man is about to blow up the car. Tony turns around, do a complete 180, a 360, whatever you like to call it. Tony shoots the man in the head in the car with him, and um, and he told him no, no kids because you know that's that's Tony's big thing. He don't kill kids, he don't kill nobody involving kids. So, Tony is in big trouble because at the beginning of the movie where Tony was talking to Sosa, Sosa said, do not, 
do not f over him. Do not f him. You know, I, I think you, I think you know what I'm talking about. Don't don't f me. You know, so pretty much Tony has effed Sosa. So Sosa's mad, of course, and telling Tony, hey, you shouldn't have done that. And um, Tony's kind of like being reluctant, hard headed. He doesn't care. He's starting to do more cocaine. Um, you, I mean, his um, his little office table is like a mountain of cocaine, and he's just sniffing away. Um, he's starting to see Manny less and less and more. So he goes to his uh, sister Gina's house. Uh, he goes to his sister. This is the end of the movie. This is the the huge. This is the end resolution of the climactic film, and I think one of the best endings ever made. Um, Tony goes to, uh, his sister Gina's house. No, he goes to his, he goes to, it's, uh, Manny's house. It's his best friend Manny's house. When he opens the door, Manny opens the door, of course. He answers the door. When he looks up, he sees his sister Gina. Of course, Tony goes crazy. He shoots Manny in the chest, kills Manny. Gina is just, She's scarred. She's like really scared because Tony just killed his best friend. Mind you, Tony and Manny been together since they was in Cuba together. Manny was Tony's right hand man. They was best friends and he just killed him like that. And so Gina's very scared. She also tells Tony that they was going to uh, they was getting engaged, that they was engaged and they was going to surprise Tony. And, um, you know, that was that that was a tough scene to swallow because it's like. You know, you just killed your best friend. And now at this point, as a as somebody that's watching the movie, you kind of rooting against Tony because he's such a butthole in this movie. But you just you just see where, you know, the crime and the fame and the money just got to all of them. Um, I I keep I keep flowing past a whole bunch of scenes. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not I'm only going over the scenes that really matter. Of course, uh, the night before, you know, he killed Manny. Uh, they he went to dinner with Michelle, his wife, and he had a huge outburst with her, and so she left him. They got divorced, so she left technically in the right amount of time, because the night that he killed Manny and brought his sister home with him, Sosa's men, his uh, militia, was uh, making an attack against him on his uh, on his uh, soil, on his land, at his home. So they they killed all his security. And so this is where the big part happens where um, where uh, Tony really shows where he got his cojones, as he calls them. Um, so um, his sister Gina goes crazy. She tries killing uh, Tony, but um, somebody shoots through the dang window. One of uh, Sosa's men, uh, militia men, shoots through the window, kills Gina. Gina's dead. Tony's really upset, but he's high off coke as well so you don't know if you should take them seriously and that's that's another scene where that that scene is a little weird i wouldn't say it's incest but it's just weird um tony uh tony grabs his guns from his gun uh chest he kicks he blows open the door he kills a whole bunch of Sosa's militia men they're shooting back he's getting hit by 20 something bullets he's still standing this mysterious man, who I always thought was Sosa, but I don't believe that is Sosa, uh, came through the back with a double barrel shotgun, shoots uh, shoots uh, Tony in the back. Tony falls into this uh, little fountain pond he has in his house. Tony's finally dead. 
he's gone. And right above him, it says, the world is yours, which has been displayed a lot throughout this movie. The world is yours. And so um, Tony is finally gone. He's dead. Sosa's men kind of like walk around the house. The credits roll from there. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. The the pro you don't know what to call Al Pacino Tony Montana in this movie because he plays a bad guy, but he don't believe he is the bad guy. He's just doing what he wants to do, but he, he doesn't realize the terrible things he, he's done already. He and that's the message of the movie. No matter how many bad things you've done. You know, and no, no matter how big you get, eventually, if you've done bad things, you're going to get hit. It's all going to go downhill. And, of course, that's what I love about this movie. He got, Tony got so high uh, with with uh, everything he did. And then, eventually, he ended, he ended up falling. He ended up falling from the graces. He ended up getting himself killed. He ended up getting everybody around him killed. Everybody that Tony cared about died in this movie. Everybody. The only person I say did not die that he cared about was his own mother. But everybody died. Everybody's dead, including Tony. And as a moviegoer and a watcher of this of this film, you wonder, did I like that? Did I like the fact that Tony finally died? Because as a person, as me, when I every time I watch it, I, I, I hate when Tony died. You know, because the movie kind of ends... From a, from a weird perspective, because you've never seen it from a perspective where the main person just dies like that. Where the story just kind of does not move from that spot. You kind of want to wonder what happened after that. How did, the, how, did the, uh, how did Miami, how did the drug lords and stuff like that, how did Sosa move along after all this? Even though Sosa put the hit on him. Um, it was really... It, 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 was, it was, for me, it was a little like, you know, uneven for me for the ending it was a really good ending though i liked it um seeing tony fall finally was was saddening because he he was such a good character that's why i I didn't want to see him go he was such a good character you know i did really did not want to see him go but um it that pretty much concludes the spoilers for this movie this movie is just really, really fantastic. I love it. There's been talks about Leonardo DiCaprio playing um, Tony Montana or whatever um, Scarface in a reboot, which is you know I'm I'm I love Leonardo DiCaprio. That's another movie I got to do a review on Wolf of Wall Street. I might do that one pretty soon. Um, you know. I'm all for it. I would love to see it, but I just don't believe anybody can do better than Al Pacino. Al Pacino is, he really put on a show. He put on one of the greatest acting performances, period, in this movie. So, I mean, I'm all for it, but we'll just have to see see what, what it goes, how it goes, and things like that. But this pretty much has been the review of Scarface. I'm so sorry that... um that it's taking me so long to re-upload things and things like that, but, um, I have a huge schedule for everybody, um, of course, yes, I'll be doing Avengers, but it's gonna be uh, huge moves, but I will be reviewing every single superhero movie ever made, just kidding, no, I won't, I'll be starting from Batman, 
the 1989, no, ni- ni- is it 1985? I believe it's 1985. No, the I'll be starting from Michael Keaton's Batman to Batman Returns to Batman Forever to Batman, um, uh, Batman and Robin. Ugh. Um, then I'll be going to Spider Man, Spider Man Two, Spider Man Three. Then I'll be going to Batman Begins. I'll be doing the Christopher Nolan Batmans. Then I'll be going to the Amazing Spider-Mans. And then, well, once I'm done with the Christopher Nolan Batmans trilogy, then I will successfully begin starting the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, uh, movie. So I will start with Iron Man made in 2008 and then move on from there all the way until Infinity War because I'll be doing Endgame before all that. So... Just get ready. It's going to be a large, large um, um, schedule. It's going to be coming out real fast and real quick. So just keep your eyes peeled. Of course, I'll be posting on my social media and things like that. So just keep your eyes peeled and and just, um, just stay happy and listen. And this has been episode four of Coffee and Movies. I will see you again later this week. I should have, by next Friday, I should have hopefully three podcasts dropped. Um, Hopefully. Like I said, hopefully. The next movie I'll be doing is um, Batman, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. And then I should have Endgame out by then. But um, this has been fun. I'll see you all on the next podcast. And I'm out.